Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Laura said, would you introduce Marcus? I said, sure. And as soon as she said that, I went back. And uh, Marcus, why don't you come up? But um, I love this young man. He was uh, in my prophetic track at Global, and we just so connected in heart and in so many ways. But what I really heard was, I mean, first of all, I know this knowledge-wise, this young man had such adversity in his life. If you haven't heard any of his testimony, you have to listen to some of the videos we've done. He has suffered greatly. He's been abandoned. He's been hurt. He's been rejected. He's been labeled. He experienced some of the most difficult, difficult things in his life. Isn't that true? Yes. And, um, but what I heard the Lord say, that what the enemy meant for harm, he caused you to become a man of resiliency. And that resiliency was not just for you, but it's a gift he placed inside of you for the body of Christ at this time in history. And it's not just what you preach. It's not just what you say. It is what you carry. And wherever you go and whatever you do, there will be hope for the hopeless. There will be courage for those that are broken. There will be strength for those who don't think they can take the next step. And it won't be because of the message. It'll be because of the anointing you carry. And just as Jesus was baptized and uh, the Spirit of God fell upon him like a dove, that dove represents peace. And the Spirit of the Lord says, son, you've been baptized in adversity, but I have come upon you, and you're going to be a carrier of peace. And it's this, I'm done prophesying, (laughs) and this so touched my heart as the Spirit of God began to speak to me, because I thought at this time, we needed a pinch hitter. And it's Marcus. Guys, for those here and those not here, Receive the anointing and the grace that he carries. I love you, Marcus. I love you, too. Thank you so much. Oh. Wow. Now I don't know what to say. Um, yeah, wow. Whew, get my mind straight. You know, there's, there's such a sweet spirit in this room. You know, there, there is. And, um, and I, I agree, Dr. Hilton and um, Pastor Hilton, thank you so much for having me. Um, it is an honor. It is an honor to be in your house and be on your stage, your pulpit. I know how you protect, and it's an honor when you, when you trust someone to speak to, to your body. Um, but it, that, my prophetic flowing was going crazy in worship. And I was like, 
I'm not doing prophetic today. I'm, <laughs> I, I need to preach. I need to preach. Um, but yeah, um, it's such a beautiful house. There's a, there's a sweet spirit in here. During worship, you, I don't know if you know how blessed you are. It, it's, it's something we could take for granted. But I, I have the um, honor of traveling all over the place. And I traveled to some places that are very dry. Very much just soaked in religion that they can't even feel the presence of God. And, and I've been in places where people don't, they don't even press in for it. But you have a well here. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing to be able to come into the presence of God right here in the valley. Out here in Elizabethville, which I didn't even know about until you. And then I didn't even know I was going to be in Likens Valley at the camp and all that this year. But um, I, I just know that there, there's something special here. Don't take it for granted. And don't count yourself small. Don't count yourself out in the fringes. God loves to use the fringe people. I mean, you know, some of the greatest outpourings happen in the fields, in the middle of nowhere. God has something here. There's a well here. It's a beautiful, special place, um, and I, I am honored to be here. So let's just pray real quick, and then hopefully the Holy Spirit will calm me down. So, uh, Father God, we thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your presence here during worship. God, we just give you this time, even as your word is presented here. Father, just use me as your vessel to pour out what you want to pour out this morning. We just yield to your will, Father God. Jesus, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. And show us how to focus on you, Christ, no matter what's going on. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, Dr. Hilton, you just kind of wrecked me right there. And just, I love her. She is amazing. And some of the best times I, I was working, um, I think I had 100 plus projects going on while I was taking um, the second year class. And, and um, I, I always re- remembered I wanted to make sure my Tuesdays were clear so I can actually focus on your class. Because <laughs> I, was, I was dealing with disaster mitigation and, um, and where you know, hurricanes hit U.S. territories and I had like 8,000 people under me trying to do the class and everything at the same time. It was fun. But um, I just want to take a brief second. Y'all know Brenda was here last time I was here. This is my wife, Brenda. She, um, she's amazing. And one of these days, she will be speaking about some of these things and how we, we navigate through this. She's working on, on um, getting the courage to do it, but she knows she's called. But um, I, just prophesying to the future. All right. And then next to her is our daughter, Paige. This is um, Paige. And... Um, she wasn't here last time. She was working, and um, she was working at our uh, Life Center Church in Harrisburg, but now she has stopped um, working there so she could focus um, on some other opportunities, but also working in our ministry. And she also reminds us that we're getting old because she turns 21 next month. And so uh, <laughs> she's growing way too fast. All right, so this morning, I, I want to talk to you about some things um, about how God has taken me through, and if we could, I think I might be a little bit hot on the game there, but I love you guys back there, by the way. Y'all not, not forget about these guys that are working the tech. Everybody online that's watching online, I bless you. You can receive online right in your home. Um, God has no limitation from distance. We have people get healed, delivered, set free, um, watching videos that are two, three years old. But these guys back there, you're making connections to the world. You know that. 
Like literally, you might be just pushing some buttons and I'm just volunteering, but you don't understand the people that you impact. Like by, by doing what you're doing, by making sure the stream's going, the audio's going, everything that you're doing, you are affecting so many people. We get testimonies all the time by people from live streams to the videos that are posted on our, our YouTube, whatever. And it, you just don't understand who is going to impact and when it's going to impact. You're sending seed out that's going to bear harvest. It's going to bear fruit. So I bless you guys for what you do back there. I love you guys. I used to own an AV company. I love AV people. So audio, video, low voltage. <laughs> I, say, I say some of these terms and I can hear Brenda going, they don't know what AV is. You need to talk. You need to explain. Okay, um, I'm going to give you a heads up where I'm going to be turning a couple times um, through different things. But John 14, we're going to spend a good bit of time in John 14 today. And um, I think we're going to, I'm going to have you turn to um, Mark also and Luke. So anyway, John 14 is where you go first. That, that give you a heads up. I like to give a little bit of heads up. If you have your Bible, turn to it, you know, take some notes. Um, we, are, we are in troubled times. Uh, you know, let's be honest with this. Um, we, have to, we have to look at it what it is. We don't need to sugarcoat. Um, I've already been here once before, so I feel like, you know, in our home, when you come to our house and you've been there more than once, then you're, you're kind of like family at that point, you know? Um, and so help yourself to the cupboard, whatever you, whatever you want. No, I'm not to help myself go crazy. But um, I want to process through with you and just kind of be raw and honest with you this morning. Um, we, we don't, I'm not a very big about motivational speaking. If you ever watched anything I've done, I'm just not that guy. I'm not very Christianese. I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up on the streets. Literally lived in a storm drain tunnel from 10 to about 13 and a half. Um, and by myself, I, I just grew up different. But, um, and I love that part of it because God let, lets me be a little bit more raw and real. So I'm going to be a little bit more raw with you this morning. You ready? I might talk a little bit fast. I might not. Um, I'm going to try to slow down, but I'm kind of worked up already. So I'm just going to see Holy Spirit just calm my spirit. But um, we, we are in troubled times. And, and especially if you're watching any of the things that are out there, like the Clinton News Network, CNN, or you're watching um, you know, social media feeds. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, um, it, whatever it is that you're out there, it, what you're feeding yourself is going to affect you. Do you know that? Yeah. All right. So, and, and a lot of, I mean, I don't know if I've ever um, have turned on the news or anything of the news or a report from the news, even with Fox and somebody, some people might say Fox is the holy network. No, it's not. But, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter what network it is. It's negative, 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 negative. We're in troubled times, and, and the, the, it's not by coincidence. It's not by you know, some political party or by some person's agenda to create the kind of fear that's in this world right now. It is the enemy. It's the enemy's plan to create fear and distraction from what God is actually doing. I don't have a full title for this um, sermon, but I was calling it this week, Focusing on the Sun and the Storm. The Sun being Jesus. We need to learn how to just align ourselves to see that, yeah, there could be a storm going on around you. There could be just trouble all around you, but Jesus is somewhere working. Where is he? Where can I focus, Lord? I want to make sure you, you, you understand, and my heart in this is I'm no expert. I just um, celebrated beginning of last month, um, completing 25 years in ministry, um, official titled ministries, I guess you could say. Um, I, my first time preaching was... I guess five years before that, somewhere in there. Uh, but, um, and um, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. 
Even some of the generals that I've been able to run with, like Dr. Randy Clark or Bill Johnson, um, who have done 50 plus years in ministry, um, I've talked with them, sat in, at tables and, and just talked with them, and they're still growing, they're still learning. Yes. One of my favorite sayings is if you're not growing, you're dying. We cannot become stagnant in this, but I'm no expert. I'm just a vessel. I'm just like, God, do whatever you want. We are just really yes people. <laughs> if, if you get to know us, you'd be like, wow, they just say yes no matter what. But I mean, I want to focus on this troubled times, but I want to focus um, a little bit about my mentality in this. And if you look at James, I, 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 this first part of James, James chapter one, um, really kind of gets me sometimes, but I'm going to read it to you. I didn't have you turn there, but it's, you know, count it all joy, my brothers. When you meet trials of various kinds that you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and steadfastness has its full effect that you may be perfected and complete, uh, perfect, or you be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Now, I don't know about you, but me, I do not say yay when the storm comes. I don't count it all joy. I mean, it's, it's not like, I, I, you know, you see the storm, the trial, whether it's a financial issue, physical issue, whatever it is, and you look at it and say, you complete me. No, I mean, it's hard to even focus that way. Now, James is saying that we should count it all joy. Like, like that goes back into that teaching that you need, we need to rejoice. That means we need to re-enter joy because things are going to come and take us out of joy. Amen. We have to re-enter joy. Rejoicing it should be part of our lives. You know, Jesus was honest about this. Sometimes as, as preachers, even as a pastor, I, I, you don't want to talk about a lot of negative things. You don't want to talk about the hard things. You want to kind of like show it and even when... Where I was brought up in preaching, you didn't talk about when you're going through physical issues or any issues. You had to be perfect. You're the called one. Yeah. And, and, and if you showed weakness, then people will actually come against you. And that's not right. That's not true. But Jesus was even, um, you know, in John 14, we're going to look at it here in a little bit. He really just pointed this out to us. He said, you will receive troubles. The world will give you troubles and fear. Like, we, we shouldn't be just completely shocked by the fear in this world right now. We shouldn't be shocked by the craziness that's going on. And I'm not even getting into those details of vax, not vax, of mask, not mask, and all that stuff. I'm, I'm just talking about the craziness is a distraction of what God wants you to be focused on. The enemy's trying to take you out of that so you can look at this storm. Believe me, God is on the move. I want to give you a couple of highlights before we go into all this craziness, but a couple of highlights is just of things that God's been doing recently. We were just in um, Lincoln, Nebraska at a, um, a nice church there with, with Dr. Dawson, an amazing woman, God, um, and um, you know, blind eyes opening up, um, scoliosis being um, healed right there. A lady that had broke her ankle, supposed to have surgery the day before, gets rescheduled, decides to go to a healing meeting and gets completely healed. She's running around with her boot and her cane and everything else. She doesn't need surgery anymore. I mean, that's what God is doing right now. Come on. And in the midst of all this craziness, we're, we're in San Antonio, Texas, and um, there was a lady that came. She got healed during the training time. She got delivered in the first evening section. She got equipped and activated the next day. The third day, she's out at the mall praying for people with our teams um, and seeing people receive the love of God and get encounters. Amen. All within, I mean, just a few days. I mean, God is on the move. If we will focus on where he's at, what is he doing? Where is he working? 
And it wasn't like it was just super easy for us to go there. I mean, especially with San Antonio, Texas being my hometown where I was born. But also, there's a lot of demonic attack against us, the team, against the ministry, everything, and, and going there. But God, is that we could focus on the junk. Like, we had a lot of issues going there. I mean, a lot of issues. I mean, like, even one of the things, crazy things is like, um, um, well, anyway, we just had a lot of issues. I don't want to get into this. too much time getting into all that. We had a lot of issues, but God still moved. We still focus on Jesus, not focus on the storm. Know that God is with us and for us, and he's not against us, and there is a way. Sometimes we just want to, you know, know, just know everything that's going on, and Jesus is like, hold on, I'm busy right now. (laughs) I'm doing something for you you don't even understand. There's, There's problems and situations and battles that he won for us, and we never even see. Do you know that? There's pitfalls that he gets rid of sometimes just so he knows he, he knows that we, maybe we're, we're just not focused enough and this will cause a little bit more damage than it should and he just takes it away from us. There's things like that that happen all the time. Close the doors, you can look at it, different things. So I, I'm learning during the storms, I, and trust me, um, I'm, not, I'm not just like this perfect guy. I know, um, you know, especially when you're, you're talking all the prophesying over and everything that went through and God's called you and I'm like, I'm just still trying to figure this out, but I just want to give you an overview of where God's brought me through and how I'm figuring this out and then why the points I give you are how I use them in my life. And, but this is why. Because I have been through storms. I mean, not only was I living in a storm drain tunnel and I actually know what starving is. I know what it is to eat food out of a creek that is not cooked, that you probably shouldn't eat, whether it's crawfish and, and just anything you can find. I know what it is to go and hunt and actually have to cook my own food or I will starve to death. The bag at the doors of people, I know what that's like. I was in foster care. I know what it's like to not be wanted in the house that you're living in. You know, I, my parents um, were both very abusive in different ways. Uh, my father was very abusive. I had a brother that tried to burn us alive. I mean, that's just the, the kind of the lowlights of some of the stuff that I went through as a child. There's so much more, um, you know, that I went through as a child. But when I experienced the love of God for the first time, yeah. I never forget that moment. Sometimes we get so focused on what we want and daddy this, daddy this, father God, we need this, we need this. We forget our first love. So true. We forget that we have to focus. We, you know, like Peter says, we become nearsighted. And forget our own salvation. I had to take myself back to his love. I had to take myself back to that, like, God saw me. He created me. He saw me. He loves me. And that love I felt. He created you. He created your family. He created your neighbors. He created the person that you don't like in the city. He created the mayor. He created Wolf. He created Biden. Literally, God sees them as people that need encounters. They need encounters. We're not to read the first part of John 14 in there. And one of the, my favorite verses to preach on is John 14, 12. But you are called to go do what Jesus did and greater things because he left the world so you can go. Instead of focusing on a storm and all the negative and everything, we should focus on how, how can it be an answer, God? How can I be a solution to something that's going on in my workplace? How can I be a solution to something that's going on in my family? And we don't have to be all preachy about it. We don't have to go and just quote scriptures at them and then point out their negative things. No, we can just show them love and care and compassion. If we want to be like Jesus, we need to carry the compassion of Christ that literally breaks our heart to see people going through what they're going through. 
I know that um, when, I, when I went into this all-in moment, I call it, and I don't have time to preach on that today, but um, I was... Um, I got saved. Um, I went to church first time. Got saved because I wanted to meet a girl. She told me I had to be a Christian, but then God got a hold of me and never met the girl. But anyway, long story. And then, and then when, um, when I found out I was dying of kidney disease, I thought God abandoned me. So I just took off and did whatever I wanted and went kind of crazy. Did kind of like the family, the family business stuff, but, which is all illegal. But, um, you know, getting into all that. But I was crazy. I was messed up. I, was, I literally had five felony accounts against me. I was going to prison for a very long time. And, um, and I was racing my 280ZX in the south side of San Antonio against this Honda. And, um, and I slammed into a parked car at over 85 miles an hour, split the, hood, the front end and open like this, hoods on top of the car, dashes in the seats. I mean, like, I should have been dead. It was no joke. Um, and it was my druggy, doped up friends that night looking at the total car saying that you should be dead. You must have angels. <laughs> These are non-Christians. That clicked in me. God didn't abandon me. Yeah. I was still in the storms. But I went all in. I was like, God, I literally left that party where we had several houses in a row in, in the neighborhood, my brother, uh, my dad, and my great-grandmother. But um, I left that party where my car is there, and everybody's doing their thing. And I left, and I went to the back room, one of the other houses and that no one uses, and got on my knees and said, God, I'm just going to live for you. Amen. If I live for one hour, I'm going to live for you. If I go to prison tomorrow, I'm going to live for you. I know I'm dying of kidney disease. I'm looking at prison, a long, long prison sentence. Um, I'm, I have all this mess and junk in my life, but I just want to live for you, wherever it's at. If it's only one more day. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine that's um, on our board, and um, he's going through a lot too right now. And, um, you know, I tell him, sometimes we have to go down to hour by hour. Yeah, so true. We just don't take this hour, God. I'm going to focus on what I need to do. Right? What, what, how can I look at this situation, God, and see you work in just this hour? And I, I do this often. I mean, not, not just once a year, but it's often. I'm just all in, God. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter the mess that's in front of me or the bills or the junk and everything. I'm just all in. Where can I glorify you in this moment, Father? Where can I focus on you, Jesus, in this moment? I went, uh, that was um, the all-in moment. The first time was in, I think it was 1997, six, 96. It was in 96, um, right before I started in ministry. God just really just put me on this kind of accelerated roller coaster where, I mean, just took care of everything. I mean, literally, I didn't go to prison. I didn't die. Um, And I mean, just literally just took care of everything. And you would think that now it's just this all time. No. We need to get past that where we just think, you know, where we can ma- wave the magic Bible yeah. or our vending machine God, and then everything's just going to be smooth and easy for the rest of your life. No, we, we, we're going to have troubles. You're going to have things that are coming against you in this world. It doesn't matter if it's just the normal day-to-day junk or our family or how we could be so ugly to one another. We could be so ugly to one another. Yeah. Even when people don't deserve love and forgiveness, we should remember we didn't either. Yeah. That's right. That's you know? One of, the, one of the things I had to do is my mother, she had um, left, uh, left us at a children's shelter and moved to California with my sisters, me and my brother. But I reconnected with her after I got saved. God said, you need to reconnect with her. And I did. It's because God knows things that we don't know. I'm not saying it was easy. We worked through things. 
I talked to her on the phone, worked through some things, talked to her several times, um, and, and worked through forgiveness. Found out she was saved, she was Christian. But God knew the timing of things. When you get that urging inside of you that you need to reconcile something, do it. Because God knows the timing of things. It was within six months my mother was killed by a drunk driver in California on the way home from church. But I reconciled with her. Even when people say you shouldn't. Even with my father, my birth father, before he died and he got really sick for years, I reconciled with him. And no one would even show up at the hospital in the family, anybody, the kids. I have three brothers, three sisters. No one would show up. I, I was the only one there who had to make the decision to pull the plug. One of the foster families that's been around our family a long time was there with me because he didn't want me just to be alone in there. Because we, we like to take our offenses, we like to take our problems, and we like to justify separation. But that's just the enemy's plan there too. Isolation and separation is not God. I know there's a big move right now of the church out of the church, and I'm big about marketplace ministry. I mean, you could talk to Dr. Hilton. I am big about marketplace ministry. We teach that every time we do a conference. I focus on that most of the time. I've seen God move in government jobs and board meetings and all kinds of stuff. I've seen God do some crazy things in the midst of where you can't see God move. Yeah, I've seen God move there. Um, I love that. But you know what? We cannot forsake the assembly of the saints. We need to come together to battle the isolation. That storm right now, we come together and you invite people. Invite your neighbors. Some of them might just need someone to say, you know, why don't you just come? You know, because they're just alone. The isolation that the enemy is doing right now is literally causing depression, causing anxiety, causing physical issues, all kinds of things coming upon people because you're isolated so much. And then it's just negative fear feeding, negative fear feeding, and it just is a detrimental thing to your soul. We need to come together. Yes. I applaud you for being here this morning. Yes. Come together in this time, in this season, pray and declare. We can focus on Christ. So let's get to some of the word real quick, and then I see how we're doing in time. Yeah. All right, John 14. Um, I love this, this set of verses. Um, even though I've never preached this before, um, this is one of my life foundations. You know, there's life verses that you have. This is one of those foundational verses in my life that one, once we get to 14:27. But this is one of the biggest foundations in my life. That I lay, and this is um, something I want. I want you to get a little bit of background. But Jesus, you know, is talking to them about that he's gonna go and he's gonna prepare a place for them, and they want to know the way, and they want all, all this kind of stuff. You know, is is in there that you need to you know pay attention to before this. We don't have time to read every scripture, but I just want to challenge you at, tonight, later, read the whole book of John. Well, that's a lot. Well, try start with a chapter, maybe the fourteen, the whole book of fourteen, or you know, um, chapter fourteen or thirteen. Read before and after. There's so much good here that you know you you, you could grab a hold of it. You know, I mean, it, it, John fourteen one actually starts off with, "Don't let your hearts be troubled." There, you must have troubles coming. We shouldn't be shocked with it. But I want to jump into um, John um, fourteen fifteen. It says, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." And I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. There's a starting point right there when you have troubles. As a Christian, Jesus sent the helper. What's the helper? Holy Spirit. 
We have one of the greatest resources, greatest powers, the greatest thing that we could tap into in our lives that literally can get us through whatever the storm, whatever the fire, whatever the mess. It is the comforter, the Holy Spirit that is with us, that dwells inside of us as a Christian. If you have not been baptized in the Spirit, ask the pastors to pray for you. Um, ask God to baptize in the Spirit. I want a feeling of the Holy Spirit. I want, literally, I literally, every, every week, and I'm in worship, God, just fill me with more. Yes. Fill me with more. It's not a one-time event. It is, it is a, a hunger and a desire to get rid of anything inside of me that could block the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, bitterness, unforgiveness, um, anxiety, depression blocks the feeling of the Holy Spirit where it starts pushing out. And you start getting more of the fear, more of the anxiety, more of the junk. And you start pushing out Holy Spirit because you start worshiping that. The only power fear has is what we give it. And when you focus on fear, you're worshiping fear. That's just the truth. We need to really focus on that we have the power and the Holy Spirit to push out all fear. That doesn't mean you, you won't have issues. It doesn't mean, but you can walk through the storm without the fear. I just, we just walked through a storm at the end of last year where they did some scans and found that I had four um, growths inside my neck, one on my vocal cords, um, one on my thyroid, and two on my neck. It was pushing out on my neck. I mean, literally, everybody's like, ah, and, you know, I've got some amazing people in my life, like Dr. Randy Clark, that's praying for me daily and calling me left and right, and, and I'm getting where I'm on the breathing machines and all this kind of stuff, the long story of it. But one of the things is like people will come up to Brenda and be like, are you okay? Because, you know, you get the you know, concern, is it cancer? Are you going to die? And all this stuff. And Brenda would be like, no, we're good. There is a peace that the Holy Spirit brings. That when you're even in the midst of the storm, you can be fine. You don't have to have panic in your life. I get more into that. I'm fine, by the way. Um, God healed me. Uh, yeah. That's another good story, but um, God did. God healed me um, even when they tell me I shouldn't speak ever again, but um, I should go through speech therapy and all that junk. Anyway, all right, so going back to 18. Okay, this is another positive thing. Oh, we need to stop being orphans, but Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet in a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also live. And that day you know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. We are not just adopted, begging children that are a nuisance. Use that term down south we like to use, the red-headed stepchild. You know? Some Christians, we act like that. We're like, we're some kind of red-headed stepchild or whatever, nothing against redheads. But I'm just, it's just a saying, right? But, you know, I mean, like, we're, 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 we act like we're orphans. That we don't belong. I know what that really, really feels like when you're in a house and you don't belong. And, they, and they're really just cashing a check. I know what that feels like. That they just really don't want you there. But it's a check. That's not our God. Our Father says, no, I saw you and created you. Yes. I knit you together in your mother's womb. I know that hair is on your head. You are my daughter. You are my son. You have the ability to have Christ in you. You have the ability to commute, commune with him. To be able to interact with Jesus. The ability to see him. Now oh, that'll blow your mind right there. You're like, wait a minute. No, that's just when the second coming. No, no. The ability to have encounters with him now. Yes. Yes. 
We need to stop looking at this as a get out of jail free card. But no, this is living kingdom now on this earth. Our salvation is not just us getting into heaven. Our salvation is be like Christ on this earth. We need to continue on that. I'm going to move forward. And that day, um, I'm sorry, 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I'll love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, he, he said, Lord, how is it that you manifest yourself to us and and not to the world. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he'll come to him and make a, our home within him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. This is a really simple thing. If you love me, you do what I did. You, you listen to what I said. You study the word. It, it, it's literally, it's not just up to the preacher and the teacher. It's not up to the pastor. It's not up to the itinerant. It is up to you to grab a hold of this word and know who Jesus is so you know what he said to do so you can start doing those things. And I, I love that, you know, if, if you look at the commandments and you just go, okay, well, what the commandments, that's what you said, commandments, and we are word-associated people, you know. But, you know, what did Jesus say about the commandments? What are the two great ones? One, love your Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body. The most important thing, I think, there and why that then it's love your neighbor is until we know that God loves us, we can't love him. And once we understand that God loves us so much that he did everything possible so we could be in commune with him, that we could literally be in a relationship with him daily, every single day, all day long, all night, that we could be in a place of his presence all the time. He loved us so much that he provided every single bit of the way, every bit of the path. He sent Jesus to be the atonement for sin. He sent Jesus to give you resurrected life so you don't have to worry about death, hell, and the grave anymore. I mean, literally, he provided every single thing. And then even after that, he said, I'll author your faith. I will, I will complete you. Just focus on me. Look upon me. Look at me. You know, that's what he did. He sent all that for you because he loves you so much. Yes. And once we realize how much he loves us, then we can love ourselves. Yes. So true. So true. If we don't love ourselves, we can't love our neighbor. I mean, we could go on and on about the teachings of Jesus. And I, I'm not, I don't have time for that, of course, this morning. But read his word. To dive into his word is to get to know him because he is the word. To dive into it. Don't just leave it to the preacher and teacher. We have access to so many teachings nowadays that it's it's, it's actually a negligence for us not to dive in deeper. And if you had all this time where, you know, everything shut down or even like craziness like right now, you go to a store, it's not even open because they can't get employees because all the mess, right? And it's like you have time to dive in. Even when I've had time, like crazy time going on, where I was working disaster mitigation, um, basically that, that is a, a natural disaster hits the U.S. territory. I was um, part of the engineering firm that managed FEMA, the contractors, and the municipalities during the recovery efforts and the preparedness and everything else. So that's a lot goes into it, but I just kind of overview of it. But um, I would work 100 to 120-hour work weeks when a disaster happened. 
I mean, literally going all day where I mean, Brenda will call me and maybe I have 30 seconds to say, hi, love you. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of something else right now. And she'll call me at times where, like, no joke, there's a truck burning in the middle of the road. There's you know, something flipped over. A tree fell on the house. You know, cars. I mean, like, this junk all the time. It's just, it's in the middle of disaster. But I'm working insane hours. But in the time working insane hours like that, I still found time to follow Jesus. I still have times to pray, times to worship, where I'm just driving down the road, and yes, I'm heading from one craziness to another, but I need to worship as I go. I need, I need something. Or, you know, I, I literally would just sit there and um, have my earbud here, um, worshiping um, God with worship music, and I'm, I'm processing all kinds of stuff, typing, I have employees coming through all the time, processing all their stuff that they're bringing in, all their documentation and everything, but I still got worship going on in my even when I don't have the ability to do that, I can still do it internally. I've sat in board meetings where they're, they're like, just be quiet. You don't know what's going on. Just sit there and be quiet. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to learn, but I'm also going to pay attention to God. Yes, exactly. That's how it works. We, we can do this. We can commune with him. It is very important for us to do. All right, you good on that? Okay. So these things, verse 25, I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father would send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance of all that I've said to you. I want to stop there. Look at it this way when you read your word. Jesus is speaking. He is the word. Okay, this is what Jesus is saying to you. When you need the Holy Spirit to bring remembrance to you, you have to have something to remember. It won't come out of you if you don't remember it. You don't have some kind of input. So let Jesus input the word so the Holy Spirit can bring it out of you in a time of need. It's it's such an important part. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives to you. Wait, I'm sorry. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives. Do not do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Come on. It's so important here. Right here is, is where I, I literally base how I get through things. Is understanding that I need Jesus. I need the Holy Spirit. I need Father. I need to be communing with them. I need to be praying. I need to be worshiping. I need to be reading the word. I need this interaction going on in my soul. So the Holy Spirit would bring things back up into remembrance when the storms are happening. But like this one right here is where he says, peace I give you. Why is he giving the peace? You should ask those questions. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid because I don't give as the world gives. What is the world going to give then? Fear. Troubles. In the midst of these storms, in the midst of the junk, whether, I mean, it, it, it could be finances, it could be um, physical issues, family issues, death in the family, these things. In the midst of these things, we could lean on Jesus and find his peace. He is the prince of peace. We could find the peace that takes us into a place where the storm doesn't bother us. It's still there. That we could literally just say, okay, God, this is a mess. Where are you? And center yourself. It's not this all, this, this moment of, once again, it's like the, oh, is going to happen to you? Like, I just prayed it. This is what, you know, the, the preacher said, pray, peace, and then all of a sudden, peace. 
and everything's calm. No, it's not that way. We, we, we want a quick fix of everything, right? I mean, come on. I was just reading an article about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A um, is um, the holy um, fast food, right? Um, but I was just reading an article about them that, that 30% of people will leave Chick-fil-A's lines because they're too long. They lose that much business. It's a real concern for them. 30% of people leave when they have one of the best times and best organizations to get through. But we're so instant people. We want it so fast that they'll, they'll spend tons of money. I mean, they're like a military, military organization almost. You know, like they should train our government. But um, <laughs> like you see, they're the well-oiled machine and they're processing people, but they have one of the highest accuracy order rate of any um, of the fast food chains out there. And they do twice as much business as a, um, as a McDonald's or anything else out there. And they're, they're just constantly going. But we get so frustrated. Have you ever been there? Trying to go through the line, it took 20 seconds longer. <laughs> right? Or, or like, you know, the guy that cuts you off right before you got to the light, and then the light changes and you have to stop there. And then you're stopped at the light and you're thinking the whole time, if he didn't cut me off, I would have made the light. Now, I don't know how long some lights are around here, but they're not very long. But we want it instantaneous. We just want it just to be like everything, that, that whole microwave mentality. You want it now. You know, get it now. Get it now. Get it now. If you want it, get it. Get it online. Buy it. Want it? Get it. We can't be like that with God. I mean, it's, it's like saying that, you know what? You see, um, if you're not married in here, you see um, a beautiful lady or um, a handsome man and you go, ooh, that's who I want to be married to. You're married. That's not going to work. You know, I mean, or you want a perfect marriage and everything go good and you just want it to snap and happen and you don't work for it. I mean, I mean it, it doesn't make any sense. Like you talk to kids nowadays, you know, they're, they're you know, basketball players. They want to be, you know, LeBron James or they want to be the Michael Jordan. And these guys work nonstop or they want to be the best golfer in the world like Tiger Woods was. I mean, like Tiger Woods used to hit a thousand golf balls every morning. That was starting his day. You know, I mean, you know, it, we, we want this instantaneous thing. It's not real. If it doesn't happen in the physical world, why should it happen with our Father in Heaven? I mean, honestly, you sit and think about it. How many times do we get frustrated with God? Well, yeah, I prayed about it, but I didn't get an answer. When did you pray? Yesterday. Or are people like, um, you know, I, I just, I've been really pressing in for healing. I hear this with healing stuff all the time. I've been pressing in, pressing in for healing, but I haven't got my healing. Well, how many times have you been prayed for? Once. Um, like, wait a minute. That's not pressing in. That's not pray without ceasing. I mean, I prayed for my, um, had my back being prayed for for over 10 years before I got healing. I had 27 years of kidney stone issues before I got healing. I mean, it, you know, I'm not saying that I've seen instantaneous healings. I've seen tumors disappear. I've seen backs completely pop and line up with scoliosis gets completely healed. I've seen legs grow out. I mean, I've literally seen instantaneous healing, but I've also seen people that process. I don't understand the whole thing of it. I really don't. And I've seen a lot. But you know what? I'm just like, God, however you want to do it, we're going to press in for that. Right. My expectation is just to be able to commune with him. 
and follow what he wants to do. And maybe in that moment where there's a teaching thing, maybe in that moment there's a clean house thing, maybe in that moment there's a trusting thing that needs to happen, that we could lean so much into God that we trust him that if he moves, we'll move with him or we'll fall. If we get to that kind of mentality in that place. Um, I, I, I gave you a couple of highlights of stuff that we were doing. We went through, I went through, I say we. You know, I feel like my wife and I are one. So um, that I went through um, before um, being married and all that. But um, we, we literally live this life of faith. We've taught our kids to live this life of faith. Um, it's been a hard year or so. Um, with the shutdowns and everything, as, a, as a itinerant, as someone that travels, and then you can't travel. I think that's a little bit hard? Yeah, I thought it would be just perfect. You know, I was like, well, I've got a lot of business things and a lot of training. I've done all kinds of stuff. Um, I could work remote. I've worked remote, managed projects in multiple states at a time with, you know, 8,000 people underneath me. So I can, I can work remote. Can't find any remote work. God's like, no, I want you to focus on what you need to do. And, you know, we're in the middle of the beginning of 2020. We're in the middle of just um, solidifying our ministry. And um, we had a lot of stuff going, but it was like it was early as a young ministry. I mean, so shutting down really kind of put us out there. We're not known anymore, you know. And so like God's like, no, just focus on me. Does that take trust? It's like, OK, God's like, no, develop an app that takes money. I'm not making money. Like, like literally, we, we're, we're trusting that much that even in the midst of these storms, in the midst of this, this crisis that's going on in this world, that we're trusting in God that he's going to provide if we just follow him. I know that it's been financially hard on a lot of people. It's been very, very difficult on a lot of people. It's, it's, you know, some people are losing jobs because of different vaccine things and all that stuff too. I mean, but if you trust in God and focus on him and see what he wants you to do, it's key, not what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, I'll go to work. I mean, it's, honestly, it's easier to work for a corporation than it is to be in ministry. Let's just be honest. I will go to work wherever he wants me to go to work. I've done it. I'll, go, I'll, I'll not work if he wants me to not work, you know? And I do more work now than I did when I was running all the other stuff. I'm, I'm constantly going, constantly doing stuff. But we're trusting in God. Even into re- recent um, events in our life, I don't know how much I'm going to get into. Okay, um, but we, we went on this, um, this impromptu trip to California because God said go. And, um, and we didn't know exactly why. Now we know more of why. But anyway, I'm not going to say that right now. But God said go. So we went to California, um, just Brenda and I. And um, we're in the midst of, this is like the end of July um, that I'm planning this. And we're in the midst of financial like lows. I mean, like really low financially. Um, and, um, and we, we got bills to pay, and I don't get paid most of the time. So um, I'm like, okay, God, what are we doing? What are we, what are we doing? He's like, no, go to California. I'm like, that's kind of money, and it's not a paid trip. This is a trip that we're just going to do. And um, went spend some time with Bill Johnson and um, just went. And God said, go. I mean, literally, we're at the end of the month. Um, coming into August, we got all the first month's bills due. Um, we're spending money that's like, ah, oh, but God said to do it. You ever been in those moments where God's like, you need to do this? Sometimes it's us wanting to do. No, this was something God saying, you need to do. I love the way my wife put it one time when I was on Give Somebody $350 and we didn't have much money. She goes, well, if it's God, you'll be okay. If, if it's not God, then you have problems. <laughs> it's just great. But, you know, that's the truth of it. If it's God, you'll be fine, right? And so we're, we went and we're kind of like, okay. And then, and then we had some confusing things that, um, on the trip and then we got back. And I, 
once again, manager side of me is like, okay, I got all this doing, the ministry stuff, this is the first of the month, I got all these bills to pay, and it's, what, how am I going to juggle this and that? And I'm looking at, um, at our accounts on a Sunday, and um, we had um, the ministry, no joke, had $6 in the bank. That's a lot of money. We didn't have much more. Um, and I'm like, okay, God, so I, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to trust in you, so I'm going to go do what I need to do. So one of the things I had to go by and pick up packages that were shipped and whatnot, and in that were the envelopes with money, with checks to the ministry. And God paid all the bills for the entire month. Like, no joke. I mean, it's a trusting thing, though. I'm not saying if you just, if you just give away all your money or go on a vacation, then God's going to bless you. No, you need to follow what God's doing. You need to follow what God's saying, but we trust them that much. Like coming to Pennsylvania for us Texans was not an easy decision. All of our family thought we'll freeze to death. People can't survive. I'm like, no, people live there. It's okay. But I mean, it was a trusting thing. And we said, yes, we're yes people. Whatever you say, God, we're going to go. We're going to do. Whatever you say, what's next? We're going to do that too. God just told us to move to California. I'm still debating that one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to do that. You get, we don't know how. We don't know where. We don't know why. But we know God said go. What if we start living our lives like that 100%? Where we don't have to have the reasoning or the, um, the excuse of, of, oh, I need all this lined up first. As a project manager, I like details. I, I did risk management. Okay, risk management is you want to see into the future of the pitfalls and possible issues that could come up and how you respond before they even happen. I like structure. I do. But not having information sometimes drives me crazy, and God knows that. So he stretches me. And then you can ask them, it drives them crazy too, because I want more confirmation and more direction. And they're like, God's already confirmed it. And it's like, no, I want to know more. But God said, go, so we'll go. We don't know what he's up to. But it'll be an adventure. We got to trust in him. Um, we, we've also had some family issues happening right now. Um, we're, we're, we're doing good on time, right? Yeah. All right. Got about two more hours. Okay. Um, we, we, have, we, we have some family issues, some really horrible family issues going on, too. Um, we're just friends and, and family that we know, um, people passing away to, to issues. Um, I have a brother that's in a really huge, big trouble right now and having issues. We have issues. We have storms. I mean, it, literally, it's not like I, I, I don't want you to get into this mentality that like if I do these steps, I'm going to give you some pointers in just a second. But if I do these points, this is a method, and it's going to create this outcome that's just beautiful all the time. Now, oh, it's not like that. The truth of it is, this is a daily walk. It is every day I choose whether or not I'm going to focus on Jesus or I'm going to focus on my problems. And I don't always make it right. Sometimes I throw a temper tantrum with God. I mean, like, literally, God, like, why? God's like, shh, calm yourself. Pay attention to what I'm having to do. Do you trust me? Like, you know, I, I use this example as um, one of the songs. I don't know the name of the song, but it says in there, you have not failed me yet. What is that song? Um, but anyway, it says in there, I don't like that yet part because yeah. God has never failed me and he never will. Yeah. Come on. Like there's not a yet with God. 
It is God has never failed me and he never will because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the word. He has come through many times. I should be dead. I, I was listed as 100% disabled twice. I mean, literally, like right after we built our home, our dream home and everything, I'm, I get completely bedridden in Texas. But God still had a plan and a purpose that he could take all these negative things and work them for his glory, work them for his good. There's a plan. I mean, God doesn't give us the negative. Trust me on that. He doesn't break your legs so you can stay by the shepherd. That, I want to like sometimes grab a hold of people. and like, stop saying that. He doesn't. He wants to go and grab you when you get lost and hold you tight so you get to know his heartbeat, so he gets to know your voice. You're, you get to know his voice that you get so much that you know the very smell of the presence of God. And yes, you can smell physically the presence of God. You can get so close to him that you, you know when you're, you're going out of the, the way or the wrong way or focus on the wrong thing that the Holy Spirit that is inside of you will give you something. No, don't do that. Don't go there. And you'll listen, that you'll yield. Even if it's just going on a trip or going to a store, God said the Holy Spirit will nudge you and say, don't go and just don't go. Might have avoided something negative that was going to happen. Even a wreck or something. You know, you ever get those little things like, oh, maybe I shouldn't go that direction, go this direction. And then you get stuck in that wreck. And, you know, sitting on the highway forever. Pennsylvania doesn't know how to move wrecks off the road. <laughs> Texas, they have 15 um, tow trucks there. It's off the road in two seconds, 17 flipped cars. But hey, you know, we're getting traffic going at 90 again. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's listening. It's listening. So these are some keys I want you to grab a hold of, Okay. Um, and I'm going to give you some scriptures. You can write them down, but you don't have to turn there with me. I don't like to have you flipping so much, but these are keys. Um, one is God is our strength. We don't do this on our own. Men, we like to be macho. <laughs> I can do it all. I bear it all. Talk to people. Talk to your wife. Talk to the pastor, somebody. Don't hold it all inside. You know, just release it out. Talk to God. He's our strength. He's our strength. When we are weak, he makes us strong. And literally in Psalms 46.1 is a good scripture for this. God is our refuge and strength. Very presence and help. Um, very present help and trouble. We're in troubled times. How do we have enough strength to do another day? That's an honest question. You can literally just say, God, I don't know if I can deal with this another day. I need your strength. Can you give me strength, Father? Be honest with him when you talk to him. I love the Passion Translation in this. God, you are such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. You have proven help in time of trouble, more than enough and always available when I need you. He's always enough. He's always available. He's proven himself to be the strength, to be the answer, to be the one that could comfort in a time of trouble. We need to lean on him on that. Another one is, um, may God fill you with, oh, this is Romans, I'm sorry, 15, 14. May God fill you with all the joy and peace as you trust in him, that you may overflow with hope and the power of the Holy Spirit. Trust in him. Just trust that he's a good father. I didn't have a good earthly father. I had no sign, no showing of any good earthly father. 
I had to get to know the father's heart so I could be a good father to my kids. But he's a good father. He doesn't do negative stuff to us. He doesn't give us horrible things. He's loving and kind. And some of the scriptures actually, um, I think it was John, maybe it's Mark. But um, he's like, you know, if an earthly father can give good things, like if you ask for egg, are you going to give a scorpion? Like, I mean, if, I mean, come on, God is so much better than we can be. Uh, lean on his peace. You know, I just gave you John 14, 27. Um, find those scriptures that really press on your heart, that really grab a hold of your soul. That's one of my best, uh, my, my favorite ones about peace. But peace is all over the place, and God um, talks about it. But, that you know, he, he literally, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. We, we tend to look at the... Um, the uh, was it Mark? Uh, maybe I can get ahead of myself. I won't do, do that when I am. But we, we, his peace is something different. It's something that's beyond our understanding, but we can feel it. You know? Have you ever been in that place where, whether it's a hospital room, and somehow something just comes over the place and just feels peace? Or, or in a family, and there's, there's just, I, I've sat in the midst of family gatherings of my family and just felt like, oh my gosh, they're going to kill each other today, and then find peace of God. And I'm not joking about that. They try to run each other over and stab each other in the midst of my family um, outings. Um, but, you know, I mean, like, literally find peace in the midst of the storm. Find the peace. God is peace. God does not give us fear. Fear is a spirit. We need to look at it. It's not just an emotion. It's not just something that is just happening in the world right now. Fear is a spirit that's trying to control it's trying to take over your mind, your heart, your soul. So you can't focus on God anymore. All you can focus on the trouble. And our government is actually becoming a, a, literally a distributor of fear. But we don't have to live under that fear. Because even the powers and principalities of this world submit to God. Submit to the name of Jesus Christ. We could literally live out of fear. For God is in 2 Timothy verse 1. I mean, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Yes. Lean on the fruits of the spirit. Self-control is saying, I'm not going to dive into that fear. If your social media is driving you in so much fear, stop looking at it. Yes. Yes. Amen. If CNN, ABC, NBC, whatever, if that's driving you crazy, stop watching it. If it's literally taking the peace out of your home, that's a good measure to do. If you lose peace watching it, then you shouldn't watch it. Even with people, if they take all your peace away, sometimes it's better to say, I need some space. I do not want a spirit of fear because that's not God. And when I start diving into that fear, then it's like, oh, I'm pushing out God and taking more world in. I don't want more world. I want less world. I'm trying to get rid of it all. I want to focus on him. That's another one right there. That fear is a spirit. We need to. Hey, we need to pray real prayers. Okay? Real prayers. I know that we could go into Luke and chapter um, 11, 1 through 4, and our Father, hallowed be thy name. This is a structure, by the way. I'll let y'all preach on that another time. But this is, you know, praise God, call for his kingdom to come, Tell him to provide. I mean, like, literally, there's a structure in here that we don't, we, we pray like we, we just 
repeating something out is not a real prayer. It's not an honest prayer. Sometimes we need to be honest with God. Like, God, I just can't take this anymore, God. Tell him. Not begging him. Talk to him. We need to get to a point where we understand it's a conversation. It's not just pleading or begging. Children don't beg. My children walk in my house. They take what they want. No joke. They eat everything. I have two grown boys. I mean, 19-year-old and 17-year-old. I mean, they eat everything. But they, they don't just beg for what God's... Are, I mean, like, I've heard, oh God, I'm not God. What, I, what we already provided, they don't just beg for it. And if they're out, they're like, I'm out of this. Go get it. Like, yeah, you go to the store. You're old enough now. But no joke. But I mean, as children, we shouldn't be just like begging God for the things he's already given us. We need to be calling upon him. No, God, I, I need strength right now. Your word says you give strength. Your word says you give self-control, peace, love. God, can you give me these things? Fill me up. You don't have to beg for it. But also you need to take authority. If he's already given it to you, then you have authority over it. So if you don't have fear, you have authority over fear. You can rebuke fear out of your house. Out of your life. And you can declare peace. I'm real big about it. We, we didn't bring any kind of products today. but I, And one of the things that we, we have um, in our ministry is products that I like to do this. Is they're like t-shirts and hats. But one of them says shalom. It's one of my favorite ones. It's in Hebrew. It says shalom. I like writing on yourself on this t-shirt or it's on a hat. And it says shalom, which is the peace of God. And it's a different peace than we understand when we say peace on this earth. As men and women, we don't understand peace. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But shalom means something totally different. It is something greater than just a, a calmness, but it is the peace of Jesus Christ. I declare that over myself. That's why I wear those things. And then it also gives opportunity to people like, what does that say? So it says shalom in Hebrew. What does that mean? It opens up doors. Yeah. Or even with this, um, this uh, Jewish lady that's like, ooh, you have my language on your shirt. That says shalom. I said, yeah. I said, I'd like to have the Prince of Peace with me. Jesus. Witnessing. Come on. There's so many things. Anyway, we need to pray real prayers. I want to go into the peace thing one more time, and then we're going to, we're going to worship here in just a second if they can get ready. Um, and then um, understanding peace, understanding this. Y'all know the story. It's in Mark um, you know, and um, Matthew. But, um, I think. but you know the story where Jesus gets in the boat, and he goes to sleep. Everybody know the story? Yeah. All right. We like to jump to the end of the story a lot um, to where you know, Jesus calms the storm. He says, peace be still, right? And he, he calms the storm, and they, they all go, oh, even the wind and the waves listen to him. Who is this man, right? And then, you know, you, you know, like, literally, there's a point in there that I love to look at is that Jesus is asleep in the boat. We, we like to talk about the end part, and he talks about ye little faith and this stuff. I want to talk about Jesus being able to sleep in the boat. Do you think the storm surprised him? No, he's God. <laughs> he knew a storm was coming, but he gave direction at the beginning of that when they got in the boat and said, go to the other side. That means you're going to make it to the other side. He gave a word and a direction. That means you're going to get there. Now you have to get in the boat to go, and you have to trust that when the storms come, you can have peace in it. I want that kind of peace. 
I want the peace of Jesus that when I'm in the middle of the storm and it may look like everything's crashing around me and you know, it looks like we're going to die, I can sleep. Like the concept of peace in our lives, we want the peace that, that stops everything at the end. But it's the true peace, the shalom of Jesus, is the peace that calms everything and puts it in order to where you know and you can see what's going on. I want to give you an example of my life, and, and, and that this is how I know this shalom thing um, so well. It's because Jesus had to show me. I'm hard-headed. I'm a, I'm a good Texan. Um, I, 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 I learn things um, sometimes a very, very slow way. Um, but, um, you know, there's a, there's a season of us moving here to Pennsylvania, and um, we had just built our um, uh, home that we moved into two months after moving in. The page here has a dream um, or a vision, um, vision, right? I can't remember. But a vision of a new house, a different house that we're moving into. And she tells us that we're moving. She was like 13, something in there. So, um, and I'm like, oh, sweetheart, keep on pressing into God. But this is our forever home. Like, we're never moving. Like, we, we plan to live there forever. And, um, but then God started confirming with a lot of different things that we needed to make the commitment to come here. Now, um, Brenda and Paige knew, like, I needed to go to Global Awakening and be part of the school. And I already was involved in supernatural ministry and seeing, like, leukemia being healed and bones growing out, all kinds of, I mean, God just moving in mighty ways. Why do I need to go to some supernatural ministry school of a guy I'd never even heard of? That's my mentality. Like, why? Why should I go? And so I was a little bit more hard-headed. But during that time, I had a surgery that literally left me disabled. And they, they told me in the beginning that, um, you know, that when I went in for a hernia surgery, simple outpatient surgery, it's only be a few hours, came out so much pain. And come find out after a bunch of testing, a couple more surgeries and all that, um, I had, they hit my femoral nerve and severed it 90% in my right leg. And so um, the, the neurologist is like, okay, they did a, this most painful test. I forgot what it's called, but they stick needles all in you and send electrical things through you. And it's like torture machine thing. Um, it, was, it was horrible. But um, he said, this is just you, 90% of your nerves not communicating anymore. He said, you, know, you lose the ability to use your leg. Now, I had just seen God heal um, a guy I didn't even talk to. I prayed over the phone. God heals this guy that's being moved to hospice at stage four leukemia. And a month, uh, a month, a week later, the hospital releases him because he has no cancer. I'm like, come on. So when the enemy presents something like this, where a surgeon that's a good surgeon makes a mistake. I could be mad at the surgeon, I give unforgiveness, and there's like, do you sue, not sue? I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that you have to deal with. I'm in the midst of the storm, but I'm like, my God has me. Doctor says you end up, um, you know, not being able to use your leg, walking on a cane, and you, it'll just get too much for you. It's just, you're, this is like, you're going to lose your leg, your ability to use it. And it did. I, I was praying for people with a cane. Ended up getting to the point where, I mean, I was just in so much pain. They had to give me so much medication. Um, long story short, they had me on so much stuff. Brenda became more of a nurse than a wife. And um, all this medication, and I was completely out of it all the time because of so much pain I was in. They put stimulators in my spine. They did all kinds of different procedures and tests. And this is during that time where they're like, you know, I mean, I, I couldn't travel and work anymore. I was trying to find work from home. And then this is all that time where God's saying, move, move, move. And I wouldn't listen. 
I want to make a point here. Listen early. Yes. I'm so hard-headed. Jesus had to come tell me. But we're in the midst of this, and I'm, I'm bedridden um, to the point where I, I could hardly get out of bed. Brenda and um, Paige, I mean, they had to help me with pretty much everything and help me to, to get to the couch, you know, type thing. But I was in the bed just really just in a lot of pain. And um, they were out um, enjoying a neighborhood barbecue, whatever it was going on, or crawfish broil or something like that. And um, they're out enjoying that, and I couldn't get out. And so Brenda would close the door to our bedroom so the kids wouldn't wake me up if I did fall asleep because every minute of sleep was precious because I'd wake up screaming all the time in pain. When I said you got to be real with God sometimes when you pray, yeah, be real with him. I was in a bad, bad place. I mean, I was physically, I knew my God had me, but I didn't know why I was stuck in this place it was bad. And I prayed a prayer that I probably should have prayed a little bit different, but it was an honest prayer. I prayed, God, either you heal me or you kill me. I can't take this anymore. That was my honest prayer. It probably would have sounded better. God, either, you know, take me home. No, I said, either heal me or kill me. In that moment, the door opened up to the room. I'll never forget this. Is that there's just a, a bright light that just came out. And here's kind of like, here's our bed, and it's like that corner. And just this bright light just filled the room. You know, when he says in the word that he goes, You will see me, that's not just a word. That, oh, it may be in a dream. He appeared after the resurrection to so many people. I mean, like, it has happened over the years. But he walked into the room. Jesus walked physically into the room. I saw him. He knelt next to the bed and started praying, which is just really just blew my mind. You know, I'm here. I'm, I'm the preacher, so I'm thinking this type mentality. Here's my Lord, my God, on his knees next to my bed, praying to the Father. He sat on the bed, and I felt the bed move. Literally sat on the bed. He said, the Holy Spirit and I intercede to the Father for you. That is the word. It is scripture. The word was speaking the word to me. And we have to know that he intercedes to the Father for us. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us to the Father. But in this moment, I was not healed. That might shock some people's theologies. We sing the song, when he walks in the room, everything changes. I wasn't healed. In the scriptures, it says everyone that touched him or everyone that came to him, there was different things, actions, caused people healed. I wasn't healed, but there was a peace. I was still in severe pain. But there was a peace. I, I, there, I struggle to find words for this. There, it was such a peace that, no, it did not destroy the storm, but it brought things into order. It brought things into perspective. Yes, I was in pain, but I had a peace. 
Yes, I'm still, I'm still in the middle of the storm, but there is a peace to know that he's with me. I was still in that place where, where Jesus told me there's things you need to do. And one of those things was committed to coming here to Pennsylvania. Commit. I was still in the midst of all the stuff, but there was a peace that changed everything. And yes, I committed to coming here, and within a couple weeks, we had to make some decisions, financial decisions and everything, and we chose not to pay like electricity and pay a deposit for the school. And then I got healed and worship. See, the healing was coming. But an understanding of his peace in a storm. That we can literally lean into him so much. If you could stand, we can lean into him so much that we can be in the midst of the hardest thing you've ever experienced in your life. And he's there with you. That you can know that the Holy Spirit and Jesus intercede to the Father for you. That in the midst of chaos, you can find a focus on your Lord, your Savior, Jesus. I don't know what issues everybody's going through in this room. There's so many issues in the world right now. Whether it's physical, whether it's mental, emotional, whether it's anxiety, depression, financial issues, job issues, decisions that literally can alter the very provision that you have in your life. Because if you decide to commit to one God is calling to you, it looks crazy. Whatever those things are, I'm telling you, he is the way maker. He is the one that literally makes a way when there is no way. There's no physical way I could come here. We didn't have the finances. I didn't have the physical ability to do what the school required you to do for standing forever and sitting forever. I couldn't do those things physically. But he said, go. He said, go. That means you're going to get away. When he tells you you're going to do something, you do something, you're going to find a way in it. He is the way maker. I love music. Music is so important to our hearts. It's so important to our souls. I'm going to have Joel here play the song Waymaker. There's two things I want you to, to pay attention to in this. One is when you worship, when you sing, you declare things. It's not just words to a song. These are declarations of your, over your life, over your circumstance, over your situations. But also when you're declaring that, you know, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working to know and declare that to your soul, declare that to your mind, declare that to your heart, because he is the way maker. Even if we don't see it right now, he's making a way to get to the other side. My last point is declarations. Speak over yourself. Speak over your home. The words that come out of your mouth are powerful. I, I don't know if you stream music or not, but um, I have Spotify for music. And I have a list that's just called Perseverance. These are songs that declare things over me that I could declare as singing them over my life to get through the storms. 
to get through whatever I'm faced against with God, with Holy Spirit, with Jesus. I want to pray over you. I want to declare over you and, and really press it into also the word that um, Dr. Hilton spoke over me in the beginning about carrying peace. I want to declare over you peace. I want you to put your hands like you're receiving a gift. Close your eyes. Father God, I declare the shalom of Jesus will be the banner over your people. That will be the banner over their homes, over their jobs, over their lives, Father God, that they'll be able to walk with the Prince of Peace. The people will say, there's something different about you, and it is the shalom of Jesus Christ, the peace that comes upon you. Father God, I declare that as they, they go into this world today, as they go back home, go in their places, they'll start declaring the peace that they're called to have, the joy that they're called to have, that that rejoicing will happen today, that re-entering joy will happen. You are a people of peace. You're a people of joy. You're a people of strength. You're a people of victorious endeavors. He is for you. He's not against you. Father, show yourself strong through your people so the world will see the answer is in the church, is in the body of Christ, is in the believer, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit. Be our way maker, Father God. Let us focus where you're working, even in the midst of the storm, so we can have the peace of Jesus to rest even when the waves are crashing around us. I declare once again over you, shalom, shalom, shalom. Release your peace like never before, Father God, over your people, the shalom of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I bind and rebuke fear, anxiety, depression off your lives. And the word of God says, whether we bind in Jesus Christ's name on earth is also bound in heaven and I loose in Jesus Christ's name peace, joy, freedom in Jesus' name over you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for being our peace, our joy, our strength in Jesus' name. Thank you, guys.